0: a virtual holiday party, and some of our panel's most important apps. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Magazine, our free magazine on Flipboard. Updated daily with the best articles on the web to help you do more with your Apple tech and beyond, Mac Voices Magazine content is available in the free Flipboard app, on the web, or in your favorite RSS reader. Visit MacVoicesMagazine.com for details. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's Mac Voices Live. It's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you happen to be. We are on YouTube at YouTube.com slash MacVoicesTV. We would love to have you join us in the chat room. There are people uh, in there now saying happy holidays to everyone. Uh, so, come on in. We'd love to have you. And if you can't make it tonight, hey, no problem. We do this every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So set your calendars now. Tell Siri, tell the A-Lady, tell whoever to remind you to join us. This is our holiday party. Um, Quite frankly, there's not a whole lot going on in the Apple world. And instead of trying to just make stuff up, um, we just decided to get together, have a little holiday fun with our friends. Um, and with
1: everybody else too. And,
0: and yeah, well, <laughs> good, good, good. Um, so, I, you know, I told everybody, grab a drink and come on in. So here we are. Um, let's find out who's here, and then we'll we'll get uh, get off the ground. Um, sitting up here in uh, in his Hark the Herald Angels spot is Mr. David Ginsburg. How'd you like that for a Christmas theme, there, Dave? <laughs> that yeah, nice theme there. How you doing, Chuck? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's. Uh, just
2: the, the calm before the uh, holidays, but uh, looking forward to getting some time with family, f- friends, and, and a pending snowstorm here
1: and
0: all the other fun stuff. But uh, always good to be here with you guys to, to, to chat. Yeah, this is always, this is always fun. Um, Mr. Jeff Gamet is in my right-hand corner, um, and I can't figure out a holiday theme for that, so I'll just say, hello, Jeff. Good to have you.
3: Hello, Chuck. It's great to be here.
0: I can tell I can tell
3: uh, seriously, i I always look forward to Tuesday evenings and getting to hang out with you and everyone else that shows up.
0: You know it seriously, Jeff, it really has become kind of a highlight of the week for me. You know it's it's always we always have a good time. we the the best part, we don't always agree with uh, each other, but that's kind of the fun of it. so. Um trying to bring a little class to the group is Mr. Webb Bixby, uh all all gussied up. <laughs> Webb, it's good to see you.
4: Chuck, good to be here. Uh, happy holidays to everybody. And yeah, I'm wearing my tie tonight because uh, well, it's it was meeting day, so had meetings today.
0: I've 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 had that situation. I understand. I understand. Last but absolutely not least, looking like he's in the coldest climate of all of us and probably in the warmest climate, Mr. <laughs> Jim Ray. Jim, it's good to see you.
1: I didn't get the memo. You're all wearing red tops. I'm wearing the green top.
0: Well, that's okay. It's still festive. And You're I, I our have, accent color.
1: I do have red <laughs> pants on.
0: Ooh.
1: I I won't nope. show you, but I I'm not kidding. <laughs> I really am.
0: Uh, okay. Maybe <laughs> after dark, we'll ask to see them. I'm I'm a little scared. <laughs> They're
1: just red sweatpants.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, oh oh. Okay okay. <laughs> I not never mind. Yes, yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking guys, where's this gonna go? You have
1: quite an imagination.
0: Uh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> and joining Jeff, us Jeff's at a the bad
1: influence on you. Well, he's an influence, yeah. there's, no question.
0: there's no question. Speaking there. of influence. Yeah, speaking of influence, Mr. Casero has joined us. He just walked walked straight in there at exactly Dude. the right moment to be introduced. Bad influence, doing, that's me. Mister. Good to have you. Thank you. It's good to be good to Have you. Good to see you. Well, I told everybody to grab a drink and, you know, get ready for the party here. So I'm curious, is anybody actually drinking?
3: No alcohol. Okay. Just okay. water.
0: Yeah. Give me Surpri- a
3: surprisingly, just water. I could change that In a coffee at cup? a moment's notice. Okay, that's I, have a, I have
1: a lovely uh stock. stock. Oh,
2: that, that pairs with mine there. There you go.
3: So, guy, I I have a a um, a very small logic train behind why I drink water from a mug when I'm doing shows. It's because all my my glasses are clear, and when you and when you drink, um, and you have the camera <laughs> looking up at the bottom end of the glass, you get the weird thing of you know you can see where where someone's mouth is uh, like mm. open for the water to come in. It's just kind of a weird looking thing. And so, uh, and yeah, like this. You know, and, and also I have <laughs> mugs that say stuff like
2: like this. Oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. No, I get it. Sorry. Okay. It, took yeah, me a minute.
0: Yeah. it was like, so, oh so someone
2: just said something something bad.
0: What a bad yeah. thing to say. But no, it so, wasn't So for next week, Jeff will be demonstrating what it looks like to drink from a glass. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, sure thank <thing>. It's <laughs> so. skill. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well next man well, voices. <laughs> if you all had uh, come over to my place, um, you could join me in imbibing with this. You have Another Romulan ale? No, no, actually, this is Andorian. Uh, this is Andorian. Uh, Andorian blue. Um, the Romulan ale is on the way, though. It's illegal. Um, oh, oh. Yeah, I know. It's a so, detail. Yeah, so. This is actually, you know, I'm not much of a wine guy, but this is actually quite good. It really is. So take that, all you Star Wars geeks.
3: <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. I mean, what does what Star Wars uh, fans get to drink? Blue milk. Yeah. S- Star Trek. There's all kinds of booze happening.
2: Yeah, it's green. green. <laughs> what, what is it? It's green. In the Orville, Star- there's alcohol everywhere. Everywhere,
0: yeah. The story, the story though behind this, what they're doing with these, I mean, these—they just didn't slap some food coloring and some wine and say, you know, here it is. Um, they are actually trying to produce the. The folks that are selling this are actually producing some very high quality wines and liquors. Where does um, it come it's, from? It's, uh, uh, Cal- well, they're in California. If you go to Star Trek Wines. Um, and I think Star Trek Liquor. There's something strange about the the laws, and they can't have them both on the same site. But you can I mean you can order order them because they have Canard, they have oh shoot, they have uh Blood Wine, they have Chateau Picard. I mean, they have a whole lot of interesting things. Um, yeah, Brian in the chat room is saying blood wine, Rami and Chateau Picard, yeah. So Star um, Trek Wine. <clears throat> Star Trek dot com. Yeah. It's worth a look. If nothing else, it it's I mean it's a beautiful blue color. What they'll tell you is I guess they they work with a food scientist to you know get this' it's, again, it's not just food coloring that you know it, they make it part of the process to get get the coloration right um,
2: three hundred dollars for the full armada, a six pack which is yeah. oh um Cardassian canar, right, uh. And Dorian Blue, Federation something, Klingon blood wine and Romulan
5: Ale. Yeah, there you go.
0: So, now you know what you can give each other for the holidays.
3: Wow. That's interesting. On the wine website at the top, uh, it has uh, Texas, Colorado, Michigan, and Missouri listed. So, of course, I clicked on Colorado because that's where I am.
2: And you can't ship there.
3: No, it has a uh, special. Oh, Chateau Picard can't be shipped to here because of state laws. That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Right. Because I, I know it's... people that have wine shipped here all the time.
2: Yeah, what's up with that?
5: That's really weird. That is strange. All right. Well, what can't they ship to Texas?
3: <laughs> Refusing to ship to Texas because what the hell, people? All right, well that makes sense. No, it's it's the Chateau Picard can't ship that to Texas either.
2: What is in that? It got is Romulan that- ale vodka. Yeah. Then
3: it's not a, it's not an ale anymore.
0: Yeah, at the Star Trek convention, they did a couple of tastings of of all this stuff. It was. I mean, there was nothing that I didn't didn't like. There were a couple that you know were definitely favorites, but so you What's know, so can, for the, it's yeah, just
3: yeah. this this Chateau Picard that can't be shipped to these four states.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Why don't they just uh, um, on the page for that wine just have a note that says can't ship to these four states instead of doing four separate web pages for the same thing?
4: I would I'm going to. May- I'm going to oh, guess go the ahead, Chateau web. Picard is French,
0: and not domestic. I think that's a pretty good guess, Web.
5: So, but I'm guessing, yeah,
0: so, yeah. yeah. Some places get kind of touchy about what you're bringing in.
3: Yep. So, yeah, I'm st- still. They could have done it with just one web page instead of having to do four. <laughs> Maybe Be right it, back. Web pages are yeah. so expensive. I'm here. Right, right. Okay. That's that's a good point.
0: Well, and maybe maybe Almost it's because they're ex- expecting to be updating, you. you know, able to update based on state by state. I don't <clears throat> know. This stuff is change. pretty expensive. Well, you—it's not Thunderbird guy. So, <laughs> <you know?
4: laughs> little mad dog, are you? Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Guy remembers those days barely. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> They're it's kind of a haze. haze. Little yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to this day, it's like it's like the seventies and eighties never even
0: happened. <laughs> oh, I yeah, we have we have pictures. They happened. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> damn. Well, the one thing, oh, uh, Jim, you you brought up, um, you brought something into this to the Slack. I definitely want to acknowledge. Um, I will you you talk about it. Um, it's a it's a bit of an anniversary.
1: Uh, okay. Um, today is the what did I say in the Slack? Twenty sixth,
2: I think. Yeah. Uh,
1: twenty sixth anniversary of Apple purchasing Next. Uh, which is one way of looking at that transaction, transaction. Um, so
5: that, uh, pretty much is why we're here tonight. Yeah. I don't think we'd be here if that hadn't
1: happened. So for those of you that are for Brittany, um, uh, Steve Jobs left Apple for a while and he came (laughs) back on this date, uh, in, uh, 1996.
2: I'm sure we would have Copeland our way out of it
5: we're really and old the interesting because thing we all is got like that
1: yeah. you know really both sides of that transaction were you know pretty much floundering and as i mentioned in the slack right now I'm, I'm reading a book called uh steve jobs and the next big thing which is a book written in 1993 about next and it's really interesting uh to you know the perspective of 1993 is that you know next is a failure and you know everything Steve Jobs does you know is ridiculous and you know if only he were a good businessman like the people who uh <laughs> ran sun sure <laughs> sun Sun-maker. i'm serious like there's a whole chapter about which was interesting to me because you know, I didn't really, you know, even though I was around in those days, I, you know, and I, I knew about Sun, but I, I didn't know anything about, you know, really their early history or anything. Um, but, you know, in 1993, Sun was a big, huge thing and looked like they were going to, you know, I think if you were Dominate to guess, you would guess, that, you would guess that they would be in 2022, the the large corporation and not apple or next so he took next that was practically you know i mean basically apple saved their bacon which was a recurring theme and i you know i didn't really realize how close next came to i mean i knew they were sort of bumping along but you know if it weren't for ross perot they would have disappeared in 1989 um and um yeah, and and then Apple wasn't you know was was struggling and put together these two struggling things. And the other interesting thing is reading stuff like you know, so the you know Next was announced in 1988, but it really the the 1.0 version didn't come out till mid 1989, like a year later. But you know, I think it could be argued that really the first production version of the Next operating system didn't come out till like 2001 or 2002.
3: that's that that was that was really good i liked that
1: i mean i think you know you know so that's another interesting thing about this reading this book and you know knowing what's happened since then um which was like you know just goes to prove that you 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 know you don't know what's going to happen you know that's why we have to play the games um and, and Otherwise, we would
2: have all already won the lottery.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly, almost anybody. I, I, I you know, I, I would guess that even Steve Jobs would not have imagined what would have happened, you know, in the future uh, with uh, the combination of Next and Apple, and certainly nobody else would have imagined it.
0: Yeah, I have not read this, Jim, but I, I'm going to add it to my list because um, I think it would. It is interesting, and it's funny you say that because it's you know it's it's an old book, but um, I'm going to throw another link. I just threw a link in that uh, to that book to the one Jim mentioned in the chat room. I'm throwing another one in now. Um, I just finished, for no real good reason, um, a book. um, Let's see, I've got to get the correct get the correct name of it. So, um, One Click: Jeff Bezos and the Rise of Amazon, Mm -hmm. and it's almost quaint, you know, looking at. At the early days of shopping, online shopping, and how Amazon, you know, went from just a, a pretty conservative effort, uh, and Bezos just kept growing it and growing it and growing it. And they they talk a little bit about at the very end, you know, some of his ambitions to explore space. That was always such a big thing for him. And how'd you know, that it, work out for him? Well, you know, hey, I mean he's he's got it off the ground. Sorry, that was a terrible pun, but you know. <laughs> Um, you know, so it just I I sometimes find these older business books to be really interesting because they give you a, a bit of we have a bit different perspective on it than when the authors wrote these books because we saw what happened. Uh and and I'm with you, Jim. You know, what what would have happened to next? What would have happened to Apple if they if if Steve they hadn't come back or combined and come back? Uh it, it, the and, world you know, we live in could be a I, lot I, different.
1: I'm really glad that this book was written at that time. I think, you know, I mean, maybe there could be an interesting book written now too. But um, it was—I—I it was, I, I don't think I ever knew this book existed either. And I, I was in a discussion on a, a Zoom call, some developers, and we were looking at something else. And I—that happened to come across my—I was looking for something else on Amazon, and I'm like, wait a minute, somebody wrote a book about Next. I didn't even know that. And somebody else was like, well, you, you read it, Jim, and you tell us, you know if it's any good. And uh, I think we all thought it probably wasn't any good because we hadn't heard of it, but you know, uh, it's a pretty good book. I, I, I would recommend it. Um, it'd be interesting to know what the author would, you know, have to say now he's still alive. I looked it up. He's only three years older than I am. And he's written a bunch of other books. He wrote a book about Google. He wrote a a a, a book about Microsoft. And I, I may have to look at these other books. Um, hmm. I definitely think this book is better than the the Walter Isaacson book about Apple, which I was
3: super disappointed in. I was disappointed in that book too. The the Walter Isaacson book. Yeah, I I didn't even finish it.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I contractually had to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I okay.
0: apparently
3: broke my contract. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how did you? Um, no, I better not ask who with, I'm afraid. No, to. I'm, I'm, afraid to.
1: I'm just kind of kidding, but I mean, you know, I'm a Mac developer and, uh, you know, and was personally familiar with, you know, I, I was, you know, there was quite a few uh, people in that book that I knew or had, had connections with. The one that that really surprised me was uh, there was um, a character in there who was uh, Job's girlfriend through most of the on and off through the 80s, named Tina Renzi. And that turned out to be somebody that I had met a number of times in 1980 and 1981. And then completely lost track of until I read this book and you know, I had to go back and do some research, like, is this really the same person that I met? And
0: it was. <clears throat> Interesting. Hey, I want to welcome Mark Fuccio to the party. Uh, Mark, good to have you. Welcome, everyone. Holiday cheer. Um, we always have to ask, what is, does your background represent this time? It looks like maybe a travel map?
6: No.
2: Earthquake. Fall- oh,
0: earthquake. earthquake, yeah. Earthquake. Oh, Okay. Yeah, there was an okay. earthquake
6: off Northern California today. It's off of the you know unpopulated area. Uh six point four Ferndale, I think it was. Off of Ferndale, yep. Ferndale, Fort Bragg.
2: One Did was you feel uh, it?
6: Hmm? Did you feel it? No. No. Huh. Not no at Mark's
3: all. been drinking wine all day.
6: <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> Walls could have turned down around <laughs> any It, like, occurred, it occurred in the middle of the night. I was sound asleep when it happened. So
1: Oh, six point four. Dog. Not, I
6: mean, dog, wife, nobody, you know, nobody felt anything. It's you know, six point four not
1: away. Yeah, it's not that big.
2: Wake okay. up to a whole brand new coastline.
6: Yeah. You them. know, uh, yeah, one day Jeff may wake up and find he has uh, oceanfront property. That's the yeah. long-term prediction, right?
3: Yeah, I, I'm playing a long game here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And then the next day Yosemite goes off. So, you
6: know. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mark, which ocean will it be?
6: Um, it probably whenever the successor to the Pacific Ocean is. I don't think so. I think it would be the Atlantic.
2: Specifically speaking.
6: Okay. Well, that may be for maybe for Guy might get something there. But I think <laughs> aren't the seduction zones working so that you know, I and mean, that's why the Sierras are so big, and you know, then have basically, you know, nothing land, and mm-hmm. then you get them to the Rockies and it's there too. And they have the Atlantic plate going. So maybe it maybe it's high. He he may be lucky. He may have ocean front on both sides. Yeah, if he's Jeff's, on the, you know, on
1: the eastern side of the Rockies, yeah, that, that's that's called Key
2: West. That.
6: I yeah. don't think the Pacific yeah. is going
1: to get through there. And and there was at a time that the whole, the whole Midwest, you know, like Kansas and Colorado, that was all a big part of the Gulf of Mexico
6: a long mm-hmm. time ago. You know, Jim, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, last year we uh, – my wife and I, we did a cross-country trip uh, from New York back uh, to California. And we spent a fair amount of time in Kansas. And when we entered – eastern Kansas you're know, looking out i sort of had that same sort of sense these look like sedimentary rocks you know and uh uh i really didn't understand i mean exactly how that was i know okay there's there's a the rocky so at some point this could have been you know under ocean and uh, you know explain these uh, you know different uh, sedimentary layers
0: it it's it's strange here because you have to fly in into my area but you can really see how, when the, I guess the ground was a lot more pliable, and pressure was put on it, that it just pushed it up and and rippled it, so that you have mountain valley, mountain valley, mountain valley. Mm-hmm. A and, lot of that was you know, because
2: of the glaciers, from yeah, the and, and ice from ice the ground.
0: Ice. Yeah, from the ground, you don't really appreciate. It. I mean, yes, you know that there's a mountain, and you know the valley over there's the next valley over but you don't really get this true sense of it until you're up in the air. So the ground's mountain not is high any... and the valley is low and you're confused on which way to go.
1: <laughs>
6: and you're a poet who doesn't know it. Why did we let him <laughs> in?
1: The <laughs> so ground ground's not any less pliable than it was before. It's just your, you know, looking depending on the time scale that you are
0: well, looking <clears> at. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably true. So the one question I did ask everyone to contemplate um unless Unless somebody has some Apple news that I missed today because I didn't even see the earthquake, so what do I know? Um, but I ask them to identify excuse me, I ask them to identify the two most important apps on their machines. Now, not the most popular, not necessarily the most used, but for them, what are the two most important apps? So let's see, let's flip around. Um, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. and if you don't mind saying why they're important to you.
3: This is actually a really tough one for me. And believe it or not, I really did think about this a lot because I I have a a list of quite a few apps that are absolutely essential to me. So narrowing it down to two. um, So I picked uh, 1Password and Health. Hmm.
5: Okay, one password
0: would seem to be obvious, I would think, just because of the security of your passwords. Right?
3: Yep i um, I need that uh, that system that's robust enough to handle all of my passwords in the way that that works best for me. It's one password. Then Fantastical, because uh, uh, you know I, I'm doing things with so many different people in different companies and you need to have a calendaring system that works really well for you and um when i s- sat down and and was thinking about you know here's here's my short list of apps um that that i could go with um but which ones am i actually relying on all the time throughout the day with, you know like to the to the point where i'm not even thinking about how much i'm using them and uh, and when i hit that level of transparency it was like oh yes of course one password because i'm i'm having to log into stuff all the time and then fantastical i am constantly checking uh uh my calendar adding things moving things and and i'm able to do that fantastical without it actually impacting anything else that I, that i'm doing and so I figure if if an application's use has become that transparent in my, in just my daily life, then that's clearly an application that I simply cannot uh, function without.
4: Hey, Jeff, so, Jeff um, do you use one password for anything else besides passwords? Do you use the secured notes feature or software licenses or any of the other things? All
3: of that. Yes. Okay. The the only thing I'm not using one password for is uh two-factor authentication. And that's because uh um uh, I had started using Authy a long time ago. <clears throat> and uh and when I could have changed, you know, there there's a point where it's like, oh maybe I should do this. I ended up not. And what it came down to was something in the back of my head said even though it's more convenient and just to secure to do it in one password having a separate application uh adds an extra level of security or at least an extra level of feeling secure so my my two my 2fa app is authy yeah But yeah one password i have so much stuff in there uh,
0: jeff is uh, you 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 explained fantastic how do you feel like that's that particular app or do you feel like just a, ca- the cal- a calendar app? Fantastic Cal
3: specifically.
0: Delivery? Specifically, okay.
3: Yeah, um, there, there's so many apps that I can use that tap into that same uh, uh, CalDev database. It's about finding the one that uh, that fits in with my flow so well that it's never intrusive, but it's always there. And, uh, and it turns out for me, that was fantastic. and okay. I have, uh, and I have several others installed that I periodically launch for different things. Um, I never actually use Apple's calendar app, but busy Cal sure. I'll launch and use that. Um, there's something else that I have that I sometimes launch. Must not need it very much. Must not be important. Can't remember what it's called. <laughs> it's that app. It's, it's that app.
0: Yep. Web. Well, how about you? Do you have t- two that stand out? And I, I, I did limit it to two. I didn't want to ask you for one. But
4: yeah. Well, it. it mine are, are first of all the browser. I prefer Safari, but uh, uh, it's the one thing that I use in and out every day. Uh, it's a lot of the interfaces that we use for a lot of my corporate systems is, is through the browser, so that's important. Um, I was thinking too, uh, 1Password, I, I use that a lot and that's why I asked the question, do you use some of the other features? Um, and I am using the 2FA side of, of uh, uh, 1Password as well. So the browser and, and email, It's those are the two things that, that, uh, that really consume most of my time. Uh, we're we're a microsoft uh, office or office 365 now it's just microsoft office um uh, company so Whoa. that 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 whole suite yeah. sorry i i got 399 other users and and maybe seven mac users in my building so um yep anyway um that um so you know the the word and excel are, are my two big ones and powerpoint to a third point, but uh, uh, I have a lot of other people that work around me that use PowerPoint a lot to make presentations, but I, I'm in the position where I get to watch presentations I don't get to give them so um, but anyway just those two basics uh uh email and the browser are, are my probably primary apps that I use every day it's a it's easy way for me to cop out on the question today, and I apologize for that but but uh yeah, it's important,
0: yeah, no, I don't think that's a cop out at all i mean i I struggled with I, I struggled with you know I thought thinking about email too but I found a couple that I think are more so for me um, okay
4: by the way and um, I'm, I'm using mail.app that's my primary email program I've looked at others and just yeah. always gravitated back to it
5: okay
3: Web, I I use the mail app all the time as well and uh, and the <laughs> I have a very dysfunctional relationship with Apple's mail app and, uh, and I'm amazed that (laughs) Apple is using this internally because you would think it would be better, but but here we are. The reason I keep uh, migrating back to it is uh, I, I use a a plugin extension called mail tags and, uh, and holy crap, I cannot use mail without mail tags. And, um, and what other app am I going to get that in? And then to find an app that does all yeah. the other things that I want. It's like I can I can get I can pick two apps and between them have all this stuff, or I can have mail and then have the extensions that I want. And uh yeah. So despite the fact that I would love to use something else, uh
6: mail. That's- Jeff? Could mm-hmm. you have an example of one or two things that mail tags does that uh, you, you rely on that don't take from um, that app? Um I, I use mail tags for uh adding
3: custom metadata to messages that I get. Um so um uh, CES is coming up. So as an example, back when um when I was going to CES every year, all of the emails that were coming in that related to things that I was going to be doing at CES, they would all get tagged CES with the year, and then um, and then even if someone else is not using mail tags, if I if I like tag something and then send them a message, when they reply back, mail tags will automatically include the correct tag. To the to the reply that they give me, so then I have this uh, dynamic system where I can create uh, you know a smart folder, smart mailbox for the tags that relate to whatever event, and uh, and now I can just go look in one place and all of my my travel information, all my reservations, all of my meetings that I've scheduled with vendors, um, all of that stuff. It's just dynamically right there for me and uh, it made conferences specifically so much easier to deal with because i wasn't having to sit there and try and organize and manage all these messages mail tags is doing that for me and now um i i can use that for you know like if i'm traveling everything for a specific trip gets its own mail tag um when i'm working with clients on different projects uh, depending on what the project is, maybe there's enough going on where I just need to set up ma- a mail tag uh, for that specific project. And, uh, and
6: and I assume you use it in, in the inverse that, you know, if you get, if you get junk from PR agencies that spam you with stuff you're not interested in, you can just, you can tag it and, you know, it gets, uh, you know, it gets transferred, you know, automatically. So can you ma- use mail tag in conjunction with uh, mail.apps uh, filters? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because which, which has pres- which has precedence which um, in processing.
3: Well, um, mail tags isn't actually doing processing; it's mm. just attaching
6: more metadata to your messages. Online so, incoming side, you know. So, okay, so. It's things come in. What touches it first? Mail.app where, you know, sorry, the their their own filter rules where they realize okay, blah, 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 and how to process it, or does mail tags filter it? And then you can have a you know filtering app and mail.app to say, okay, anything that's tag, you know, XYZ die spam or die, um, you know, automatically it's you know transferred to trash. And i probably um, guess it, if I'm going down a rat hole, but I'm interested in this. Um no. so okay. Um
3: it will be mail's own rules and filters that that handle that because mail tags actually doesn't do that okay. um i mean there there's a thing when you're actually in uh working with the different tags you're making where you can you can do some uh uh you know like very specific filtering. In a certain context, but uh, it's it's really about saying, all right, so here's the things that Apple says you can have as metadata for an email, you know, like here's the date, here's the time, um, uh, is it sent, is it received, whatever. And then what MailTags does is it says, anything that you want to be metadata, you just make it and uh and now it's metadata that mail will recognize and <laughs> uh, and then, from there, then mail can do all of, all of the filtering that it wants to do. So like for spam, I'm not going to set up uh, a mail tag uh, for spam because I don't want to see any of that anyhow, so I'll just use whatever spam filtering tool. I'm using to manage that. So where mail tags comes in, it's for all the stuff that I want to keep track of that makes my life easier.
6: Okay. So it it inserts an additional header into the mail that uh, you can then search on, as you said, create a smart folder and so on and so forth.
3: Yeah. And and you can, you can create like a, a lot of new metadata that you add to specific messages and, uh And you can do a lot more with flagging of messages, and once you start playing with it, uh, it's very easy to get so reliant on it that uh, that you just simply cannot use Mail on your Mac without this.
2: Do new versions of Mail mail
6: screw it up?
3: New versions of mail do not screw it up. However, there is a point coming where, uh, with changes Apple's making uh, under the hood with mail, where this is going to be a problem. So the company is actually working on building their own email client that has all of their extensions built in. And it's just sense. part of the client.
2: That would make sense, yeah. Which means small cubed, right?
3: Uh, yeah, small cubed, yeah. So um, I can see a day coming when I stop using Apple's Mail app, and I use Small Cubes' email app instead.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. They have—I didn't know they had an email app.
3: They don't yet. <coughs> They're—they're oh. they're actually working on it right now. They had hoped to have a beta out by the time Ventura uh, launched. It is not out yet. Hmm.
0: Um, Jeff, I, I got a message while we were talking um, asking if mail tags, if mail tag functions like Sanebox.
3: No. But that's a really good question because Sanebox is so useful. You know, because okay. Sanebox is doing that whole thing where where it's intelligently learning what you're doing with your email and then displaying messages accordingly. Mail tags is all about saying, here's all the extra stuff that I want. That's going to make it a lot easier for me to manage and organize messages. And, uh, and then just putting that in your lap so you can use it as you please. Yeah. So it's like the ultimate metadata tool.
0: Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for the questions, Mark, that, you know, that, is, I'm, I'm with you. It's always, I always find it fascinating how people do. What started out as an informal holiday get-together turned into an enthusiastic discussion of some of the most important apps that our members use. I originally intended to deliver this just as a holiday party episode, but I don't want to have any of the apps or the discussion overlooked because I think it's important for you to hear some of it and find out just why our panel selects some of the apps that they do. So we're going to break this into the usual three-part Mac Voices Live sessions. In the next session, we continue with more apps picked by some of our panel members and get into a debate of exactly why they make those picks and why some apps fit some people. That's all next time on Mac Voices. I'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Happy holidays. Thanks for watching.